you may go to a psychologist for four sessions, right? I see clients for two to four sessions all the time. They'll come in, they'll do four sessions with me and I'll never see them again. It's like they've come in, I've given them a set of skills that works for them. They've gone and practised them and they're like, you know what? I can work with those moving yeah, forward in yeah. my life. And the 10% that was dragging behind me is no longer dragging behind me. I'm now functioning better. Then there's the other spectrum where we know that there's people out there with like post-traumatic stress disorder that need long-term support and therapy because they've got you know a major mental illness. And I think if we can just eliminate a little bit of the stigma around, oh, I'm going to see a psychologist, that means I must be mentally unwell. You're listening to Trade Mutt's 120 Grit Podcast, the podcast for the working class. Hosted by Dan Allen and Ed Ross, the co-founders of Trademark. If you're a fan of Trademark's 120 Grit, we'd love to hear what you think. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademark.com. Righto, what's, what's going on? Uh, what's wrong? Nightmare stuff. Been <laughs> quoting for a week and a half. Big job. Computer died, lost a lot. Week and a half. Disaster. My God. How'd you, what, isn't it backed up? No. What, you don't have it stored in the cloud? Yeah, like I know what that is, mate. The cloud. Yeah, up there. It is 2020. You've not heard about the cloud? Nothing. You need to get in touch with Simpro because I reckon there's plenty of businesses just like yours out there who just have, have got their head in the clouds. <laughs> Our new podcast sponsor, Simpro, offers a solution to save businesses just like yours. It's a simple platform that allows tradies to take back control by managing and tracking inventory, resources and billing across all of their jobs in one simple system. That sounds good. You reckon you can wrap your melon around that? <laughs> yeah, bloody oath. Well, if you're up for it, go and visit Simpro's website, www.simprogroup.com. Get your business in the cloud and get your head out of the clouds. <laughs> in the latest episode of Trade Mutt's 120 Grit, we sit down with Chris McIntyre. Chris is a former police officer and now full-time psychologist who has done work with Headspace as well as his current work with, the, with ex-serving Australian Defence Force members through Mates for Mates. Chris's time in the Queensland Police Force saw him exposed to significant volatile situations that took a toll on many other serving police officers around him. Seeing the kind of trauma that this exposure caused for others, Chris got out of the police force before he too ended up becoming a victim of such a stressful environment. As a psychologist, Chris now works alongside many other ex-servicemen and police officers, particularly focusing on those living with PTSD. In this episode, we focus heavily on the subject of PTSD and how to spot some of the red flags, as well as discussing many techniques, strategies and self-management tools that Chris and other psychologists use with their clients to help them work through various situations and scenarios. Enjoy. Well, let's kick her in the well, guts. Well, we are kicked in the guts, and we're no, still we're, we're going. I'm taking my thongs off because we're getting comfortable here. And, <laughs> and to welcome to the studio, Mr. Chris McIntyre, for the latest episode of Trademark's 120 Grit, the podcast for the working class. Chris is a former QPS police officer, served five years with the QPS, current mm. psychologist specialising in PTSD, and most interestingly to me, is a big fan of. If anyone remembers the 2000 Sydney Olympics, jumping jive's time to fly. Mate, <laughs> welcome to the studio. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> How was that for an introduction? Mate, that is the best intro. Can Seamless. You, can you record that and send it to my work? It's fucking recorded. Record <laughs> Good. 
can I'd like that to be played every time I show up to mates for mates. That, yeah, mate, that, that can be your. Um, I can do it for you. That can be your answering machine. <laughs> <laughs> this yes. is who you've gotten through to. Oh, it's the trick is you just got to listen to people. You just got to take it in, and you just got to, you know, find about their, their interests. You know, like just just get you, it going. You need to do like you know those boxing commentators. They just roll on in. You know, yeah. I'm what's his fine. name? Bruce Buffer, mate. You're gonna you, you stop flattering me. Come on, I'm not. I'm just, <laughs> just blushing. I am not at Bruce Buffer's level. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You got me going. I was like, I want to meet this. Bike. I actually got myself a little bit excited there as well. So I better calm down here. Hey, we're, this this will be good. We're excited about this because I think you are the first site we've had on the podcast oh. also the first police uh, ex-police yeah, officer that is yeah, true right so yeah. we've oh. had yeah what 34 something episodes now so yeah. oh, wow. mate, this is awesome cool this well, is thank fun. you oh, thanks for coming i mean we only rang you two days ago and said hey we've got a podcast want to be on it and you were like yeah okay yeah and came from the gc so really appreciate it i've I'm, I'm got that kind of like idea that if something comes up you just go and do it the yes man don't yeah, not too much. Opportunities, yes, opportunities. You, you don't think too much about those kind of situations. You go, you know what, if someone learns one thing from yeah. me talking about mental health today, then that one thing could get spread throughout a community. Well, it's going to be spread through our community today and it's going to be fantastic. We really appreciate your time. So We've had an awesome pre-chat. Yes. <laughs> we have. I was, gonna, I was like, shit, we're just sorry about that. We've no, no. no. <laughs> that's, that's what we're after. Mate, we did the same thing with Glenn. It was like yeah. an hour and a half. <laughs> we should have been recording this whole bloody thing. My yeah, God! All the back snippets. Yeah. yeah. The only thing I did miss out was that you were, that you were a Gold Coast cop. Yes. I didn't say like we we specifically said mentioned yeah. that he's a goal he was a Gold Coast cop. Yeah, because we're hardcore down there. Well, we were. Well, I was. That and Tom Tate. You, you got a bit going on oh, down there. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Tom. <laughs> We'd need another podcast to discuss yeah. Tom. <laughs> I mean, so, yeah, the we, Gold Coast. We've chatted, well, we alluded to the fact that you, with your psychology mm. currently, that you're a specialist in PTSD, and mm. I'm sure we'll dive into a whole lot of that stuff. But, man, what the hell is PTSD? So I guess it's it's an experience that um, some people have. I think the roughly about 4% of our community will experience it at any time and about 12% of the, I guess, first responders community. So it refer, obviously the, the full title is post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, so it is disordered in nature. There's been a bit of a push to have the disorder part drop and just talk about it as post-traumatic stress. It doesn't, it sounds, mm. it gives it a bit of a weird spin, doesn't it? Pushes yeah. it down a bit, yeah. sort of like. I, and I'm against that because I think when you, as like if you look and reflect on your life, you could at least pick out one traumatic incident in your life. It could have been witnessing a car crash. It could have been, you know, whatever, um, uh, a bank robbery, um, you know, uh, if you're unlucky enough to be in the armed forces, it could have been Afghanistan or Iraq. Um, but I think that the important part is that when you develop PTSD, the disordered part actually represents that your functioning is no longer what it was prior to having that trauma. And so that's really key because I may experience a, a traffic crash, but it doesn't effect, affect my life at all. You know, I continue on... I function, I'm fine, I go about my normal business. Not happy about the car crash, but everything else is normal. With PTSD, the functioning's the key. So you go from functioning at, at a certain level to no longer being able to do that. But we're talking not um, physically being able to do a task, but more emotionally being able to cope with what you're mm. having to do on a daily basis? Yeah, definitely. So we talk, like in, in, when I speak to my clients, I talk about window of tolerance. So the ability to tolerate day-to-day stress. And with PTSD, that gets wiped away. So, you know, it could be as simple as, you know, you have an altercation with someone, a verbal altercation with someone um, that's not 
um, aggressive in any nature, but your inability to tolerate means that it, it escalates. Now, you've all seen those guys driving along the road that maybe have got cut off. Next minute, they've got a tyre iron out yeah. and they're smashing the windows in. Yeah. Similar in PTSD, we'll see that clients can't tolerate day-to-day stress. You know, they can't cope with what they once would have taken for granted. Is PTSD something that you can compare like with other types of PTSD? No, I'm very big on not comparing because veterans in particular, the, uh, the predominant community I work with, will say, oh, well, mine's not as bad as his. It's a statement I hear all the time. Oh, yeah, but mine's not as bad as his. And I, I bring that back because com- I don't think anyone should ever compare a trauma because whether you see the car crash and I and I see it, our experiences will always be different, won't they? Mm, it's so like everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But do you think that's one of the biggest hindrances to people, I suppose, understanding that what they might have gone through is PTSD? When you've got, you're talking about, you know, someone who might have gone to Afghanistan mm. and then someone who might have seen a car crash. Like, yeah. you can't, you're not comparing apples for apples, but trauma is trauma. Exactly. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what, it's more about what the individual experiences. So, like, you're right, like someone going to Afghanistan and engaging in conflict um, in a war wartime is different to someone seeing a car crash. And we shouldn't compare those two because both have unique properties properties and unique experiences for the individual. And so when we start saying, oh, yeah, but that trauma's worse, mm. hang on a second, how do we measure trauma? But that's an, imp- that's an important point because there's probably too many people out there that aren't seeking help due to the fact they're thinking that it's mine's not worth seeing mm. someone for. You know what yeah. I mean? We know that people um, in the past have been um, have broken their legs, like young children, have been restrained in a hospital environment because that's the pro- procedures, and we know that then they've gone on to develop PTSD-like symptoms from a broken really? leg. Yeah, so we know that it's not just the, you know, because we might measure, um, you know, oh, well, that's the worst trauma I've ever seen because it was, you know, it, it, the idea that it was, a, you know, an explosion or something like that or a massive car crash. Yet the one that keeps replaying in the memory is actually something of a, what you would say, oh, but that's not, that's not as bad as that one. Yeah. But yet that one that you're actually dismissing is causing all of the problems. So it's kind of, I suppose, we're not actually comparing the um, stimulus mm. that is like there's the cause of the PTSD. Mm. What it actually is is the psychological impact mm. and what the physical occurrence is that actually causes that. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's more about... That you've gone through it. The, yeah. the emotional response yeah. to that. Yep. So it could be anything from Afghanistan, but it could be, I don't know, a tradie having a work worksite accident or yeah. it could be absolutely... 100% anything. agree. Yeah. Um, you know, a tradesman witnessing a worksite accident. Mm, which we have done and it was horrendous. <laughs> yep. And, and I know that tradespeople, um, from my experience in the QPS, often experience um, horrific um, accidents because you're often using... Um, Gory equipment. power tools. <laughs> well, yeah, I won't go near a te- power tool. That's one rule we have in my household. We don't, we don't let Chris touch power tools because that's just... <laughs> That's PTSD if he survives waiting to happen. Yeah. Um, so, and for my poor wife too. Um, she hires someone every time. <laughs> no skills. Um, you know. But I, I went to a workplace, a worksite accident, um, and, you know, it involved a, a forklift as a police officer to investigate it. And that was a, a very serious, serious accident. And it wouldn't surprise me if the individual involved in that accident went on to develop PTSD. 
Yeah. And yeah. also his colleagues that witnessed it. How, yeah. how, how can it... Sorry, did I just no, cut no, you? Right, how, how, how can it manifest? Like, how does it come out? Because, like, PTSD, it's, it's, I suppose it's a broad, you know, yeah. scope It of, covers a lot. Yeah, like, how can it manifest and come out in someone? So there's definitely some criteria that we look at first. So we're looking at, you know, there was the risk of threat to... Um, or they've witnessed something um, to a family member around death or serious injury. What we know, though, and what my experience is, and, and talking to, the, I guess, the psychiatrists in the community that specialise, is it seems to, I guess, appear around a month to three months after the incident. Now, initially, the psychiatrist will probably diagnose them with what we call acute stress disorder, and it may be that you've gone through something like um, what the um, our um, close neighbours New Zealand went through with the Christchurch um, massacre, you know, yeah, um, or the um, earthquakes as well. And it also with our own community with the most recent fires. If you remember the the yeah, fires yeah, yeah. prior yeah. to what we're experiencing, isn't that weird? Because that was <laughs> that's been swept under the carpet, it's huge. But yeah. then it leads me to think that there's probably going to be PTSD from what we're Definitely. currently experiencing with COVID nineteen. Potentially, yes. Particularly if you um, if you developed um, yeah. uh, the the um, particular illness and you're placed in ICU mm. and you feel like you're going to die. It's a lot of <laughs> physical stress and strain yeah. on your body and, a, and an emotional roller well, coaster. You're in a in a, a really serious. Well, you can't f- run away from it, so you're in a constant state of fight. Mm. Um, so. And what about for the f- for the families as well of like loved ones of people who are going through that? You know, um, that's a big piece. It. Yeah, and that can go on. You can go on to develop PTSD by witnessing a family member go through something such as that. Yeah. Um, so we know that it doesn't, and, and there's no discrimination with PTSD, just like cancer and and other ailments that we see in COVID nineteen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you know that the strongest SAS bloke out there, who's the elite soldier, you know, is immune to it. It doesn't, like, you know, I think, who's the guy that got the, the most highest? Uh, ben, uh, ben Robert Smith. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Bloody Tower of Terror, that bloke is. My God, he's huge. Big unit. Uh, massive. I, I met him. Yeah. Oh, did you? Mate, big unit. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. I thought The Rock was big. Yeah. And I looked up and I was like, Jesus yeah, well. Christ, right. Just, yeah. you know, just stay calm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> pretend you're a Buddhist monk. <laughs> but <laughs> t- talking about um, family members mm. going through that off what their family members are going through. It's mm. sort of like there's a lot of – it happens a lot when members of families or friends, they worry about what's happening to someone else mm. a lot. Yes. How do you sort of – like how do you mitigate that? Because it happens a lot, you know mm. what I mean? Even at the moment with the COVID stuff going on, like we're talking about like my wife's um, parents are out at Pittsworth and we mm. haven't seen them since Christmas and they're like – and, you know, we're like, oh, we won't – probably won't see them for another couple of months and it's sort of like and like Alana's really worried because they're older and it's sort of like oh you know like how do you sort of mitigate that in, in a situation like this well some of the things we've been doing with my clients for particular you know to I've really been um, big on upskilling particularly these elderly clients with um, like technology like our phones and stuff so that you can FaceTime them regularly um, small things we've been doing with clients is like having FaceTime dinners Okay. So, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> phone's there. I know it's not the real thing, but it's um, a substitute to what you would normally do with your fa- like with your, yeah. your, your parents. Are we bloody lucky that we can do that too? Oh, oh, can you, like, Zoom, Skype? The Zoom stuff has been awesome. Yeah, like, yeah. there's even apps out there that you can host a, a yeah. house party together. That camera's flashing. What do you mean? It's 
red lights flashing. What Which one? Yours. What does that mean? I don't know. But I would check it. No, no, I think we're good. I don't think What's we're a good. Red light, no, mate? we're still recording. We're going cranking along. Is it the I think the battery's about to go flat. It's plugged in. Keep talking. Right, you guys keep going. I'll go get this. So we are super lucky to have Zoom and FaceTime and all of it right now because once upon a time we didn't have that. No. And you're good? We plugged in? FaceTime just to, you know, just to um, FaceTime someone is as close to the real thing as possible, right? It's awesome. And so I use those kind of things like um, scheduling. So still like, you know, if you have friends that you go and have coffee with on a Friday, well... Still have coffee with them on a Friday, yeah. But just do it via yeah. FaceTime. Like my wife the other night did um, wine night with her girlfriends, all via. Um, I think they must have been using Zoom. And she said, "I'm busy now. I'm having a wine." And I was like, "Yeah, right. I'm I'm tapping out. I'm running." I think that's a that's a good point to ensure that you're you're not sort of breaking what you would have been doing otherwise. Just no. fill it in with what you've got available. Yeah, and do do the th- like for my kids. Right, I said to them. You're going to go to school regardless, whether it's online or in face-to-face. You'll be learning, mate. Still happening. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this ain't a holiday. There's no getting out of school. No. You're either going to school or you're working, so <laughs> pick one. Kai rolled in. That's my son. And he rolled in and said to um, – who did he say it to? It might have been uh, it's my brother, I think, someone. And he goes, oh, it's all good. I'm not doing school for a while. And I, I overheard him. I said, hey, mate, my school's already got the online learning going. And he's like, what's online learning? I said, it's nine to five. It's longer. And he's like, no, it's not. I'm like, oh, yes, it is, mate. And there's no little lunch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and his little face was like, oh. And I'm bringing back the cane. Yeah, yeah. You. yeah, yeah. So I, I've said to him, we build a structure straight away. You know, that um, it's not military, but it's like, well, between particularly early in the morning, what would a school do? They focus on maths and English first up because that's when you're freshest. Mm. Yeah. So I said to my kids, like, like the two Finish weeks, with art. Yeah, finish <laughs> with art and sport. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I said to them, let's do this because you got to have a routine just as much as I need a routine because they're the same. They're little people. Yeah. Um, and so he's been um, team apps, I think it's called, his mates. So they all get on there and text message each other and they play Fortnite and all that other stuff together. <laughs> um, but that's really important because they need structure just like we do and we can model that every day by giving them the same structure um, day in, day out that they would have if they were going to school. They're just yeah. not going to school. Mm. Um, because otherwise their mental health will decline, just like ours will. Well, yeah. kids, kids crave discipline, right? They need it. Structure, discipline, yeah. boundaries. Yeah. And if you don't have it... Um, and some of me is concerned because some of the kids that go to school go there for protection. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. another huge and part. It, and it sits in the back of my head going, I've got all these young people sitting at home going, school was the one safe place yeah. I had and they're that, taking it away from me. Somebody um, get away. Yeah. Um, we know that domestic violence um, hotlines are going through the roof. Like they're, they're just getting rung all the time because what, you know, was safe places aren't there anymore. Even the meals. Lots of kids go to school to get a meal. Mm. And that's not happening, is it? That's devastating, isn't it? That is absolutely devastating. So these, this particular situation we're facing on the, I guess the surface is that we've got this really bad virus, right? and, it, and it's causing deaths. We know that. There's no, 
you know, we don't need to go into debating over whether it's as real. I've heard some, you know, what do you call them? Conspiracy theories. Those ones, yeah. yeah. I roll my eyes. Yeah, um, it's all right. Because <laughs> my brother actually works at the Gold Coast Hospital, helps set up the fever clinic, and they already were speaking about because it's the same as it's the same strain or version of SARS. It's just another virus that we're not immune to. Um, so we don't need to debate that. Um, and we've seen what um, you know lacks. Um, approaches in Italy, Spain and America result in. And yet our country... No, they're all over it in America, aren't they? Yeah. Trump's, hey, got, Trump's got it yeah, sorted. Yeah. He yeah. played that he's awesome uh, about to open things. presentation the other day about how awesome he was. You remember that? He just sat back and he was like, take this out. Are they, are they ready to open up the economy again? Ready to get back oh, up? <laughs> he called himself a wartime president. I'm like, what war? Mate, he's an absolute yeah. unit. He's, he's, he's out of <laughs> control. I'd, I've never met a bloke more... Like, he believes everything he says, though. So I don't know if he's delusional. I'm not sure. I can't yeah. comment. Yeah. But the way we've responded in this country has been excellent. Mm. You know, we've had some mistakes, but you would expect in this situation. Oh, no one's got a, a, yeah, it's a handbook on, no. you know, pandemic and what to do. Page you three. Like ScoMo or not, um, I'm not a political person. Being a psychologist, it's not something that we focus on. He keeps getting better each time he delivers it. And what I like oh, he's most. He's been baptised by fire, the big fella. He's had a bit on. <laughs> what I like most about him is he showed humanism. Yeah. You know, the faces that yeah. he shows? Like, he's strained. He's like, I'm, my country's under a siege from yeah. something I can't even see. Yeah. Um, so going back to what I'm saying is we need to recognise that it's not just the virus here, but it's all of the fallout as a result. Oh, it's a lot of flow-on effects. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, the idea, think about how many incidental um, social interactions you have on a daily basis that you're now not having. Mm. I know, and it feels really weird because... Yeah, like I've just been going from home to work, to the office, mm-hmm. home to the Our office. Our life has kind of almost. Like I know, changed. but we're losers. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, but we're also, <laughs> we're also doing our thing, and it's yeah. like. Yeah. But I know. mean the. But even the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the other day. Damn, I didn't know you knew I was one too. Damn. <laughs> no, but the other day we were just. It was a Friday afternoon. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, beauty. We'll just go down to um, bloody. Brewdog, yeah, have, have a couple, a couple of, of pints yeah. and uh, twenty pack of and wings. twenty pack of wings, gluten free, which are phenomenal. Yeah. Shut, yeah. And, and it was a really weird feeling because it was sort of like I had it. I'd made it up in my head mm. that this will be so much fun, yeah. and we can just go down there and just mm. yeah, let the yeah. shackles off for an hour and a half. The but then it was taken. It was instantaneously taken away. I was like, oh, you can't do that. What yeah. you said before, I want to go back to because you were talking about Lance, uh worried about her parents out in. It's worth mm. and you know the disconnect and yeah there is zoom and you can you know but she's also referring to you know they're older there's health concerns yeah you know you're also detached there's a real loss of control for that so is many the people. big case massive yeah. loss of control mm. and you've got i mean we you know i'm not sure if need to be talking about this but you know one of our mates just lost his mother overseas mm. in 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 Papua okay. new guinea Okay. And he can't get there. He yeah. can't be with the rest yeah, of his yeah. family. There's a significant loss of control for so many people. Where Helplessness. He- yeah, exactly. Helplessness. And it's like, God, how do you deal with that? Like, how do you... No, it's not just the lost jobs. It's not just the fear of getting sick. But it's... other pe- People have other lives to lead and life oh, is still going on. Family are scattered all yeah. over the place. Yeah. I don't and I don't expect you to have a solution here. Answer, either. yeah, <laughs> excellent. <laughs> um, no, I do have a solution, and um, it's one of the same things that I see in any client, and I tell them over and over again is that um, we move away from what we can't control to what we can control. 
because yeah. what that whole idea okay so i can't control something that's happening right now like i have no control over covid-19 and what it does you know um what i do have control on is how i approach every day and how i approach how i'm feeling as well so not hiding away from the fact that i might not be having a good day you know the idea that you the, the Aussie idea I know to suck it up and move on such poor poor um, analogies to use for Australians and that's why our mental health has been such a problem is that we need to stop going this idea that we need to toughen up or we need to just you know suck it up and move on when I'm do, doing stuff with clients we speak really heavily around the idea that um, you know, I had a client today and he said to me, I'm struggling and I'm not sure what to do. And I said, well, have you spoken to your partner? Oh, no, I don't want to burden her with the struggle that I've got. Okay. So we role-played that very thing that you're going to go and speak to your partner and offload some of that struggle to her because she needs to know. Mm. Um, and that very process in itself is actually therapeutic. I think a, a big part of that, though, is that um, as a person, sometimes you haven't, and well, I find this as a bloke mm. that I need to sort of figure out why mm. that is before I can talking express about that, it. That fixing men, that make, mm. yeah, like I need to work it out in my own head because mm-hmm. I, like, I, yeah, definitely see it with my wife and I. Like, my wife will tell me something; she doesn't have the answer to it. She's talking it out with me, right? Mm. And I'm trying to give her the answer. She doesn't want the answer. She just wants yeah. to sort of work through it. Whereas for me, I won't speak about anything until i do have the answer for it mm. if, if, if that makes sense i don't know why that is it's just sort of what happens how, if you don't get the answer well i don't talk about it ah you know what i mean and that's the very process yeah. so see the difference between what we expect expect from our our women in the community compared to what we expect from ourselves so we expect that your wife will come to you and and you're 100% nailed the um you know put the Right nail on Hit the word. nail yeah. on the head. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. That one. <laughs> Your wife does hire tradies, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> if she listens to this, she's she will gonna be to like, this. she's gonna be like, damn right, that guy can't even paint. She <laughs> won't. She'll be having Zoom wines. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. <laughs> to cope with me. Yeah. Um, but you know how you said that she comes to you and she doesn't want to an answer or a, or a solution? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She wants to work it through with you. That's the very thing that you do with a therapist. Yeah. You, like, I don't give my clients answers. They ask me all the time, oh, what do you reckon I do here? And I'm like, well, what do you reckon you do? <laughs> um, because my job's not to provide you. I'm not an answer board. I'm not here to give you answers. I'm here to help you create the answers you need for yourself. And she's doing the right thing, right? She's coming to you and she knows that there's this problem and she wants to work it through with you and come to a solution that's going to work for her. And it can be just as simple as you sitting there and reflecting back to her. Okay, it sounds like you're having some troubles or it sounds like that's challenging. And that very validation is what we do with, our, you know, the Are You OK Day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They talk about that. When a mate comes to you, regardless of what he brings to you, the first thing we don't want to do is offer solutions mm. because that turns them away. Like if you walked into my therapy room tomorrow and you're like, um, I'm having problems with my wife and I went, well, stop doing this. Do you reckon you'd come back? <laughs> no, you wouldn't, would you? That's yeah. It's bloody insane. So do you reckon... So what you just said is if you don't know the solution, you won't talk about something. Well, so I mean, unless it's like if it's something that's big, mm. I do. Yeah, yeah But if yeah. it's something might like, – Because we have, school. like you and I talk oh, a lot. Yeah, shoot like, the shit all the time. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. what I'm saying is it's like, – how do I – I can't even think of an example, but it would be something like um, – You want to know that you know what you're talking about when, you know, when something does come up. No, but it's not that I offer. want to know that I know what I'm talking about. It's that I'm sort of – 
comfortable. I'm more comfortable explaining something yeah, yeah, to yeah. someone rather than trying to figure out what I'm thinking. If that makes mm. sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I know what's sort of happening here. So it's is this a, like that is a common thing? Like for for guys, blokes won't want to express how they're feeling. Yeah, it's that disconnect between I know there's something going on internally for me yeah. and I don't like it but I'm not going to seem vulnerable by expressing it to my loved one or my partner or my mate. So therefore I'll try and resolve it internally. Mm. But often what happens when we get caught up in our thoughts? Cyclone. (laughs) (laughs) How old does that go for you? (laughs) Uh, I I think anyone who has been caught up in their thoughts before knows that it only, I call it the rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. There's, you come up, you could be sitting on the train, right? I use this example with my clients all the time because I catch a train to work. And a random thought pops into your head that has no relevance to what you're doing right now. No need being there. No. Just rocked up. Just it How doesn't, are you? It doesn't even. <laughs> it doesn't even have its place. I'm yeah. Here. <laughs> yeah. Hello. And yeah, it happens all the time. And you see it, and you're like, "All right, I'll entertain you." <laughs> and before you know it, I miss my stop, and I'm deep in depression, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I knew that thought was right, and now I'm I'm feeling like crap, and then I've still got to go back to work because I've." got off at the wrong station that is what we call getting hooked on our thoughts and feelings yeah and then we run with it and that just creates that emotional storm and so what we teach in in one of the therapies that i do is that we learn to unhook from those thoughts now one of those ways of unhooking would be actually talking it out with your partner yeah because when you become in an you become in that storm-like experience you know the emotional storm how rational can you be well, it's hard because you just don't know what the fuck's going on. We, this is we talked about this exact same thing two weeks ago with Oliver Crosley oh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was talking about the exact same thing with your thoughts. Like thoughts come into your head. Everyone has it. It happens to absolutely everyone, but there's a difference between letting those thoughts dictate your mm. actions or sort of removing How yourself. You're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Or sort of removing yourself and almost visualising that thought and recognising, no, this is just a thought. Mm. It doesn't have to control me or consume me or dictate what I do next. Yeah. I yeah. can just take that and put that aside and, and recognise that that doesn't have to be real. We call that cognitive diffusion. Mm. So one of the things that I'll do, like say um, I'm stealing a bit of thunder from Russ Harris here who's, who's the guru of ACT, acceptance, commitment therapy. We do naming our thoughts. So like – or thanking our mind. So like say uh, – he does the one where I'm a loser, yep. pops into my head, yep. and then he goes... That's not us. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is now because I've been told it. So <laughs> I'm buggered now. <laughs> I've got someone that can help you. <laughs> uh, not me, someone else. How much time have they got? Oh, uh, look, plenty, I'd imagine. But almost saying, thanks, mine, thanks for sharing. Yeah. It's a way of diffusing and unhooking from that thought because often what the brain is doing, it's trying to generate um, solutions to problems, which is exactly what you're yeah. talking about. The problem with that process is that sometimes the mind's solution isn't always helpful for us. And it's probably not the right one. Often, yeah. yeah. And it's not malicious or, or, or nasty in its approach. It's just that's how it, it works. But that's all you know. Yeah. And also, if you think about it, the mind is a protective measure, right? It wants to keep you safe. It's been doing that for how did we outsmart lions? Because let's be honest, we can't fight lions, right? So we built things, we developed this, you know, higher order thinking to develop safety. You know, now the lions are scared of us. We built cages, we made zoos out of them, and yeah. we got Joe Exotic, blonde, blonde, <laughs> blonde mullets, and yeah. made TV shows out of them. But, but <laughs> exactly. But that 
What you were saying is sort of, you know, you name it and you push it aside. So, But when when is it that you need to actually confront one of those? Like when do you well, need... Like that's when, CBT. So we move away from the acceptance and commitment therapy and move more towards cognitive behaviour therapy where we'd look at rewriting or reconstructing the thoughts. And how do you differentiate it? Is it because one keeps continuously popping up and you can't diffuse it anymore or is it something like... Different approaches for different people. Like I've taught people those acceptance and commitment skills and they've never had to come back for therapy. They've moved on with their life. They've developed those skills. They can name them. They get better at unhooking from thoughts. Um, You know, they get better at um, diffusing in the situation. They're no longer controlled by their thoughts. But then I've got other clients that we've had to go into a different approach, like using, you know, cognitive behaviour therapy, or my brother uses schematic therapy. He's a psych as well. Um, He would do things about rewriting core values, how you see yourself, the core of who you are, core constructs. Because it can be challenging at times, like if a client comes to me and one of the strong thoughts they have is that, you know, um, you know it, it, there's some truth to it. You know, when you have a negative thought about yourself, but there is... There's a, something in you it. believe it. Yeah. There yeah. is some yeah. truth to it. Yeah. That then requires a different level of intervention, you know, because if there's truth to it, we're not going to try and dispute that, are we? Disputing the thought would be then trying to dispute the truth. And people aren't going to run with that. Well, what are the what are some of the varying? Because uh, you know, a lot of our listeners, what we're trying to you know uh, in, inform them about is that it's sort of you can see a psychologist or, or anyone for any sort of reason it doesn't need to you know no. it doesn't matter what it is. No. And it's sort of like what are some of these um, thoughts that clients have sort of come come to that's like really minimal, but then right to the top. But it's the same for either of them, if that makes sense. It's sort of like okay. so, like you're you're saying that they're experiencing a, a an unhelpful style of thinking. Yeah, but one one might be really serious um, to one person, and one might be really serious to the other person, but they're quite different in actually what they're thinking about. If that makes yeah. sense, you know, one might be PTSD, and one might just be they can't cross the road. You know what I mean? Like so, they've got like a, a phobia. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well. You know, there's many different mental health presentations. I'm only really focus on anxiety, depression, and PTSD. I think with um, unhelpful thinking is what we talk about in psychology. Unhelpful thinking is present in all of those mental health conditions, whether it's anxiety, whether it's depression, whether it's PTSD, whether it's even like those eating disorders that I spoke to you about earlier, which I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not um, versed in those, but. With unhelpful thinking, what it is, is it's a pattern. If you think about what a thought and a feeling does for us, it influences our behaviour, doesn't it? In a big way, yeah. Yeah. So, like, if I go out to a party and I'm like, Jesus, I'm going to stuff up. I know I'm going to make a fool of myself. You know, um, they're all going to laugh at me and no one likes me. I'm already setting myself up for this distressing experience, aren't I? How do you counter it? Well, I'd go and drink alcohol, wouldn't I, if I'm, if I'm doing something unhelpful, right? You yeah. know, I do the experiential avoidance, I get really drunk, and then I actually do stuff, stuff up, up and, and act like a fucking and, and make myself. And then what happens later on, I go, I knew it. I knew it. Now yeah. I've got evidence to support my initial fears. So the thing about psychology is what, what I say to clients is that we do, um, we do constant exposure. So... Okay, if you've got a fear of social gatherings, the only way we're going to overcome those social gatherings is by exposing you to that social gathering, regardless of how you're feeling and thinking in the time. But I'm going to give you some skills. You know, I might give you dropping anchor, for example, or a grounding strategy where you can take that to the party and use it and not have to go and drink 
30 of these. What's one of those strategies? It's like a Well, when we're distressed, if you think about what distress is, you know, like you've heard in the media at the moment, the whole mindfulness, you've heard of that? Yep. Yeah, everyone's like, mindful, man, like breath retraining. You heard of that too? Yeah, mate. Oh, my God. Does my head in. Most of them don't even know what mindfulness is. Sorry, I had to throw that out there. It's That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, when we teach mindfulness in the clinical sense, um, obviously, it's been um, adapted from Buddhism and the and the teachings from the East, but we've adapted it into a clinical approach. So when we're in, in distress, we're not mindful, we're not present. We've lost connection with reality. One of the simplest things that I do with clients, whether it's anxiety or PTSD, is teach them that skill where you're looking for five things you can see, um, five things that um, are touching you, and five things you can hear. Then I go four things three things, two things, one things. Now, if you're still disconnected, you'd go two, three, four, five because we're using our senses because often what happens internally isn't a representation of what's going on externally. So it's just snapping someone out of it almost and, and taking the focus away from this introspective, you know, negative thinking exactly. style and sort of drawing their attention to the physical and mm. the real. Yeah, so you are at. Not bird, tree, yeah. road, grass, mm. wind, Yep. So like if I'm sitting here right now and I start to feel distressed, if I go, right, I can see the camera, I can see you. Loser, loser. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't use that language. Um, no, neither do we, Norman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But instead of working in this potty, so we'll run yeah. with it. <laughs> I would just use nicer language. Yeah. Um, yeah. Beer, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, I, yeah, I know yeah. that my um, uh, jeans are touching me. I can feel my shoes. Yep. I'm suddenly now starting to use my senses. But then you've... Also, lost your train of thought. Lost your train of thought. You're not thinking about present now, and that can happen really quickly. Or a client might need to run through it a couple of times. And with it, I don't, I don't expect them to then go and find five new things or four new things. It might be that I've seen the beer, um, your book, your hat, wallet, um, and this table. Now my four new things are the beer, your hat. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah. grounding myself. Yeah. That's the simplest grounding strategy anyone can use. So is this the same? Does this work for, say, the tradie who's working FIFO and he's in his donger at night and he's thinking, oh, my wife's at home, the kids are there, you know, I don't know, our relationship isn't that strong, oh, my God, I wonder what's going on, I'm so scared, I don't know. Yeah. Or for, Am for, I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Or is it for the guy who's, oh, God, you know, I don't know if I'm good enough to run this business, I don't think yeah. that I have the capacity, I'm a all failure. This jo- yeah, all the job promote, like just even yeah. just a simple job promotion yeah. on a trade site, and fuck, am I good enough to do this? Well, firstly, I'd want to teach them in therapy how to identify unhelpful thinking styles. So, like, that that self-doubt um, I think is quite normal. Remember how I said normalising things and also actually accepting yeah. that you feel that way? Mm. Then I'd want to go into the, okay, well, can you <coughs> challenge those thoughts? You know, are you able to challenge them? You know what? No, I am running this, this building site because, remember, I ran that one the other week and I did really well with it or, or whatever it is or... I, you know what, I need to get on the phone and speak to my wife and ask her if this is working for us with me being a FIFO worker. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Is it me being away and providing for the family um, valuable enough for me to continue doing this or is it not? Um, or if you've already had that conversation and she said, no, I'm happy with this arrangement, then I need to you know, use those grounding strategies. For panic or anxiety, I use things like sensory modulation. So, like, I'll teach clients to, um, like, sour warheads. You ever had a sour warhead? Oh. You remember those bad boys? Back up, Mudderborough Mud Skipper, swimming training. Yeah, have yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah. Five cents. Five cents a pop. Knock your bloody lid off. Yeah, yeah. Have one of those. 
next time you're having a negative thought, you'll quickly forget about that negative thought. Yeah, right? yeah. You snap yourself. So out of this that. is like <laughs> almost kind of like shaking the rattle in front of a baby. Yeah, it's distraction. Like, it's just a hey, yeah. like when you're getting carried away in your thoughts. Mm. Identify those triggers, mm. realize what it is that's happening, a thought, you know, for what it is, and then kind of find a way to distract yourself from yep. that. Yeah. It is interesting, isn't it, that we don't we don't change um, as in what we're worrying about. Like it's just sort of yeah, we worry about all sorts of random shit, but oh. it's the same sort of yeah, mechanisms to help it. It's just in a different sort of format. It's not a rattle anymore. It's just sort of like just just sit there, mm. chill out, think about what the fuck's going on around you. Yeah. It is interesting. Grounding. And that's yeah. the, the, the key. Like I teach everyone grounding and then I use it myself. So because like any human, I'm susceptible to distress. Well, this is what we wanted to really touch on in this podcast was that, you know, you're a psychologist. You've got your own psychologist, oh. someone you speak to. You know? Definitely. Um, so I – so – like any profession, you've got a hierarchy, right? We, you know, you've got in, in your profession, you'll have a hierarchy of tradespeople that are, um, you know, more skilled or less skilled than you. And the same goes for psychology. So, like, I have, um, you know, a clinical supervisor that's got many more years' experience than me. That at the end of the day, I bring stuff to her because I know that she's going to guide me in the right direction to make decisions for my clients that are in their best interests. And so. That's, that forms part of the legislation to be a psychologist, right? You have to be willing to participate in supervision, which is going and seeing a, a clinical supervisor who is more skilled than you. Then also, it's not, un, you know, like when I became, um, before I became a psychologist, I'd seen a psychologist myself to know what it's like, the experience. There's nothing wrong with seeing a psychologist. It's not that, you know, you don't have to go to a psychologist because you're unwell. Right, the, the, you may go to a psychologist for four sessions, right? I see clients for two to four sessions all the time. They'll come in, they'll do four sessions with me and I'll never see them again. It's like they've come in, I've given them a set of skills that works for them, they've gone and practised them and they're like, you know what, I can work with those moving yeah. forward in yeah. my life and the 10% that was dragging behind me is no longer dragging behind me, I'm now functioning better. Then there's the other spectrum where we know that there's people out there with like post-traumatic stress disorder that need long-term support and therapy because they've got you know a major mental illness. And I think if we can just eliminate a little bit of the stigma around, oh, I'm going to see a psychologist, that means I must be mentally unwell. Well, the interesting <laughs> thing, yeah, but the interesting thing you were saying before that there, you know, there's fucking bikies and shit that go and see psychologists. You know oh, what I mean? Of course. Yeah, but. <laughs> Some of them are, you know, getting trying to get a good report for the magistrate. Yeah, I, suppose. <laughs> I was depressed my whole life. <laughs> yes. But, but Tick, I mean, ticking a box. But, but, yeah. though, but th there's those sorts of guys out there in yeah. society that that are doing, you know, they are investing their time yep. into this. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It honestly, it really is nothing. Like it's a, such a nothing thing. It's like we talked yeah. with. Um, you know, Dave Shillington, who mm. played for the Maroons, and you know, we talked oh, the about this a big lot. Unit. The big unit. Hey, the he big played for your played for your Titans for a while. Um, hey, hang on a second. I'd just like to point out on this show <laughs> that I did not support the Gold Coast Titans. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> understandable. I follow the Brisbane Broncos. Was <laughs> yeah. that any better? <laughs> we're, gonna, <laughs> we're just going to edit, edit that, that bit, bit out. Yeah. No, no, no. Just to make it sound like. Can you I make it? Can I make it even worse? My son's a Melbourne Storms member. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, who's paying that membership? Oh, uh, me. Oh. <laughs> Dad, yeah. cough it up. Yeah, yeah he's a, you know, Cam Munster, Billy Slater, all those guys. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's easy to see. Yeah. But but, but uh, Shiloh's made, I mean, Shiloh does heaps. We mm. had Shiloh on our podcast. Yeah, right. And so awesome. we, he does heaps um, in the mental health space yep. uh, for the NRL post footy cool. career. Mm. Goes around, does a lot of talking, schools, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, he paints a pretty clear picture. He told his story of seeking, you know, mm. support from a psychologist and it was Brad Fittler yeah. who, who encouraged him and recommended right. he goes Fittler. he goes and sees Brad Fittler's psychologist, which he yeah. did, saw a direct correlation between the, you know, trajectory in his career after investing his mental health. Best thing he ever did. There you but go. he dumbs it right down. He's like seeing a psychologist, it's it's like seeing a personal trainer, you know, some people are morbidly obese, need to lose a shitload of weight, so they'll go and see a personal trainer. Yeah. Others just need to lose four or five kilos, so they go see a personal trainer. Other people are just ultra fucking fit, and they see a personal trainer on a weekly basis to stay ultra fit, and it's just about staying sharp. And the correlation between – it's so weird. It's like, you know, people wouldn't see personal trainers if there was like, oh, God, you're not going to try to lose weight, are Hold you? on. <laughs> Hang on. What are you're you? not going down to the gym to work out, you're are not, you? You're not trying to get fit, are you? God, you know, that's you'll have a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean you need to learn how to lift weights? Yeah. It's <laughs> but, nice. but I suppose like just not dumbing it down because that's yeah. kind of condescending, but it's like taking that sting out of yeah. what it actually means to just go and talk to someone to help process refreshing. your thoughts because fuck, yes. fuck me, yes. guys, we know how to let thoughts spin around in oh. our head. Well, even your in- inability to just go and talk to your partner and want to solve it internally. Yeah. That's culturally but, based. But yeah, but that's just the thing that I just do. But it's not but the thing the the interesting thing is it's when it is a big like anything that's big and fuck I don't even think what a big thing is recently. No. I'll very easily speak to Derek yeah, about which is it. good. I'm glad you do. Oh, shit, shit. We talk we talk like, about absolutely everything. everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'd, I'd happily I'd far um easier speak to Dan about it because I don't need for some reason in my relationship I feel as though I need to provide the answer. If that makes sense, that's like that, I'm trying. Like I need to be able to provide the answer for this and have it fully structured and understood. So, but I you want to be, a, you you want to also be. Uh, you're probably falling into your natural role as a leader. As well, well, yeah, but I, I think just, that probably comes into it. It's like you might feel the that. idea that there's a bit of confusion around what masculinity looks like. Definitely, hundred percent. You know, there's a lot of like for men these days in particular. There's a lot of pressure um, to change the way that we. Pre- we, we have been in the past, right? Mm. There was the idea that you were, um, you know, the, the breadwinner, right? Now, my wife is a far better breadwinner than I am, you know, and if we're going to be putting stuff up around the house, I'm getting her to come to the party because otherwise, you know, there's problems, right? <laughs> but acceptance in that, um, if you think about any male that's doing well in their lives, there's generally a really strong female in their life at some point or consistently there and it doesn't have to be a partner it can be you know your sister or it can be um, mum or it can be somebody but what I think we need to get better at doing is um, allowing women to have more control over the way we approach life in the way we you know talk about how we're feeling and the way that we um, you know engage in our own internal struggles because Mate, they've been doing it a bit longer than us yeah you know and, and it's <laughs> like I just I even when I just said that to you then about, you know, you might want to be the leader, I'm thinking, who do I look at for leadership now? And, like, globally, Jacinda. There's, oh, there's no one better I want to call than her. Jacinda Ardern. I wish she was a psychologist because I'd like 
I'd be seeing her. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? I'd be just ringing her saying, hey, just you know, I'm struggling. She's fucking great. What, what do I do? And she'd be like, all right, look, I'm going to live Facebook feed you. Just yeah. chill, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I just got to get a cup of tea in my pyjamas. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, she's she as does, human as they come. That is the that is the big yeah. point is yeah. she's real. Yeah, yeah. And look. And she's not trying to be anything she's else She's not either. trying and to be people fucking anything else. And, and we'll always, I call it the 20% rule. They're always looking to target somebody in their lives. So, you know, oh, she's crap or she's this. The fact is when I listen to her, I actually feel connected, mm. you know, and it, regardless of what her position is in, in politics, I feel as much, and I think that's what Scott's done really well recently is his genuinism. And that's what a psychologist brings, right? If you think about Carl Rogers, who developed the humanistic theory, his, his pr- core principles were empathy or, you know, that unconditional positive regard and genuinism. You know, so you're going to see a psychologist, right? Like, say you wanted to go and see a psychologist. You want that psychologist to come at you with that stuff. That, you know what? I don't really come to judge you. I'm not, it's non-judgmental. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to work with you. Um, I'll pull you up on your bad behaviours because that's, you know, yeah. that's what you want. But I think the interesting point is you're not, when, when people go to see a, a, a psych, they're not there to be lectured. You're not no, taking a fucking notebook and, and being, you know, we don't hamstrung by And if you're that, lecturing, like... You're but, not but, so, but I think yeah. people, again, yeah. I Common don't know, but I think there'd be a misconception. It's sort of like I'm going in here to be really roused on and fucking said, this is wrong, this is wrong, you know, do this, do that. It's sort of more, what are you here for? And sort yeah. of really like, progressing I, through it. I, I want my client to feel that the space that we've got together is a unique space yeah. and that, um, that there's no other relationship like a therapist and, and client relationship. There isn't. You can't pick any other relationship in the world that's as unique as that. And I want my client to come to me knowing that I'm not the, I'm not the lecturer. I don't do the whole, oh, well, you got to stop drinking beers. That's not good for you. Because they already know that. Most people are pretty switched on. Right? They're, most people are pretty smart. Like, people I don't, know what people they're do know what's good doing. for you. Yeah. I don't need to tell so you. True. I don't need to tell you that 40 <laughs> of these tonight probably going to cause you some issues yeah fuck that's my night ruined right (laughs) you know this right what i need to do is listen to you and help you come to the i'm i I call myself like a like a tour guide tour guide of the mind and i'm also the other one that jordan pete i don't know if you guys know yeah yeah peterson yeah I do. I'm a bit of a Jordan Peterson Mate, fan. fan. Um, big fan. Big fan of the old. I've tried to reach out to him. I just, you know, yeah. can I get you on Insta? I'll do <laughs> a human a, flag for you or something. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. I'll do anything. I'll even do a, a, a human flag off some high cliff, man, if you just come on my Insta. So if he's listening, call me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's listening. <laughs> Seems to be good if he was. Yeah. But he, like, these he, idiots don't know what they're fucking talking about. Uh, he's like, he's a psychologist? <laughs> Jesus, I'm calling the ARPA yeah. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he, um, he says in there, the therapist is the person that you are, is the person you want to have a conversation with that you're not ready to have with yourself yet. Something along those lines. Mm. Sort of the halfway. Yeah, so you're not ready to do that with yourself yet. So you come and see this, this therapist or this psychologist and you develop the skills to then go and have those conversations with yourself. Yeah, and when he says that and and delivers that lecture, you go, yeah, that's exactly what a psychologist is meant to do. We're literally meant to, um, as an elder would in the Aboriginal community, we're meant to help the person come to the resolution themselves, not develop the resolution for them. Just a bit of guidance. Yeah, just a bit of guidance. Do you think the the reason um, 
the individual needs to come up with themselves is just because then it's validated instantaneously. It's sort of yeah. like, oh, I've done this myself rather than, yeah. fuck, you tell me this and this hasn't worked. Yep. Is that what? Yeah. We're, we, and I always say to my clients, we're a partnership and I, and I don't pretend to know more than you because who's the most – who knows most about your life other than your wife? Yeah, well, I mean, fuck, no one is, you know, no you one's going to know more than yourself. So yeah. then am I, am I the be-all and end-all of your life? Do I know it? Of course you wouldn't. No. Yeah. So then you're the expert. So you come to me as the expert and then I'm kind of the guy that helps you guide through that distress that you're experiencing. You're more of a nav man. You're yes. a nav man. With a nice voice. <laughs> yeah. I don't have make nav mans anymore. We've Tom, Tom, <laughs> what are they? Yeah, no, I just, I, um, I Apple iPlay. You know, the, I'm on the, you know, the yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Bang, yeah. done, yes. in. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I'm really sort of, with all this COVID stuff that's mm. going on, you know, fuck me. I'm, I'm sick so of, over it. Well, I'm sick of the word unprecedented, that's for sure. <laughs> Weird, definitely. I mean, it is what it is. But I just sort of am sitting back thinking... There's going to be some major silver linings to this thing. Oh, 100%. That people that we, I mean, we might just start, you know, be starting to realise now. But it's, I feel like collectively, as a nation, as a world, globally, mm. everyone is more vulnerable than they've ever been, mm-hmm. all yeah. for the same reason. Yep. And it's almost like a bonding thing. It's like fuck, where there's not we're too much that, that that differentiates all of mm. us and we're all facing this same battle here and it all sucks the same yeah everyone's feeling it that's that's and i think that's the thing and it's one it's, it's in my mm. you know time on this planet it's the one time that i feel like the entire world has been unified by a common problem and, and you can relate to common. each other and everyone yeah. can relate yeah. it's and, like and this everyone, is shit mm. i can know everyone it knows it sucks yeah but it's like this might just be an opportunity for people who have found it hard to reach out and seek yeah. help before Hopefully, to yeah. do it because everyone's in the same boat right now and it does suck. Well, yeah. Please, can we let this happen somehow? Oh, I think it's, it is. Yeah. It's shitty. I'll yeah. give you that. I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Um, you know, Skype's working for me at home with my clients, but there's nothing like being in the office with my client and they're being there and we're doing the stuff together. Yeah. You know, like a guided meditation or something called progressive muscle relaxation is better when we're Jeez, there. That second bit sounds good. What's a guy? Oh, muscle relaxation. Progressive muscle relaxation. Yeah, yeah. One of my favourites. Um, <laughs> 1908, it was invented by a guy. I forget his name. Um, he's a, uh, you know, a clinician and he's working with clients with stress and anxiety um it's fabulous skill he then developed papers in 22 around it and it's been used ever since in psychotherapy you literally start you can either start at the top or the or the bottom and you move through each muscle group contracting relaxing while sync to breath and it's guided so like i I actually guide my clients through it i mostly would use it with clients before sleep because it gets body prepared for sleep but it's very effective because if you think about when you're tense, think about a moment in your life where you've been tense and Fuck stressed. today. <laughs> oh, yeah. I could use this right now. Because oh, yeah. for the past two weeks, the tension that has been in my head that I haven't normally had, mm. it's there. It exists. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know why, but it's it's not like What's, I was laying on the floor in our yeah. office today. Dan's like, I'm having time out. I was like, yeah, I'm, I can see that, mate. You're I'm right, laying man. down here. Yeah, yeah. So like, t- tonight, what yeah. I want you to do, get on your YouTube, type in progressive muscle relaxation, guided one you want about a 10 minute one can i just call you yeah, you can do that if you want to. <laughs> or just jump on a fit as dad uh, and i've got a guided one on on there oh easy yeah. easy and you just go through i generally start at the top of the head so yeah. like i'll do things like you know forcing your eyes down close because 
thousands of muscles all through the head and you work all the way down until you, you get to your feet. If you get the right guided one, right? Like I had this one that I did at a meditation school that I went to. She just had that voice. You know those chicks that have got the voice? and, and she's, Calming. Oh. Yeah. And my wife and I were at this meditation school doing it and I, I literally, I'm on a hard wooden floor on a yoga mat and gone, passed out, sleeping. That's a good result, though, isn't oh, it? Like so that's good. a good. Like that's yeah, if yeah. you were to fall asleep doing that, yeah, like yeah. that's a good outcome. That yeah. for me, that's a great outcome. Yeah. We do it at Mates and Mates. We do um, trauma informed yoga, yeah, right. which is different. It's only four moves uh, uh, in the yoga itself, um, and it's really about it's restorative. So it's about um, restoring the tra- the body because when we talk about PTSD, it's not just the mind that's been traumatized; it's the body because the body's the one that went through the fight and flight mm. um, or freeze. Mm. Um, and this restorative yoga is literally meditation. We've just wrapped it up for the veterans yeah. out there. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, when you get a – like I had a, a guy that was a commando, you know, like the hoorah kind of guy comes in and he's like – he sat down and he's big unit, big strong dude, and he goes, I'm not doing any meditation shit. <laughs> and I went, now you've challenged me. <laughs> and I had him meditating. Mate, changed his life because he went from that ball of stress – to being able to teach his body again to relax. What, why do you think he came in with that mindset? It's like, I'm not fucking doing that, mate. <laughs> well, because he's hoorah for a starters. And he's like, they, you know, there's that whole psychologist, the, the fairies, and, you know, they don't know what's it's going on. It's a defence mechanism, yeah. right? But it's yeah. not a defence mechanism in terms of, no. uh, yeah, it's just the fear of it's the unknown. No, yeah, the fear think, of the unknown. But it's a vulnerability thing again. That too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm not going to fucking do this, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I, don't, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> yeah. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when I got him doing it, he's like, Jesus, this is bloody good stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I generally... But I, I what do you think I've been telling you about it, mate? I only give you good stuff. Like I don't go and get... I don't go and just do, you know, the old snake oil down the road and give you a few, you know, oils and say you'll be right. Like this yeah. is clinical. Can you get snake oil, can you? <laughs> <laughs> just, you know... I've been no, chasing but, something. But, but, but this is something that mm. sort of... Um, we see as well, it's like mm. there's people that are massive um, supporters of what we're doing and the movement we're trying to make, but it's sort of, we, we can't get them to take the next step. Mm. That's you know that, I mean? that commitment it's but step. But I'm not doing as good of a job as I could be doing. Like, I, I, I could be doing a better job myself. Like, everyone can be doing a better everyone job. Everyone can be right? doing more. It's not, yeah, yeah, of course. It's yeah. not that, you know, and, and it's, uh, I think it's important to recognise that it's not just, oh, yep, I've got this now and I'm good, I'm set. It's yeah. it's practising. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. it's constantly it's like the, it's... It's giving yourself the opportunity to learn and grow. Yeah. And be open and just say, fuck, okay, yeah. why not? I'll just go try this. I think that's the hardest bit is just trying to... Yeah, getting yeah. someone to try it just once. The you other can try it once and not like it. That's fucking cool. But yeah, I've yeah. tried it. Yeah. The you other bit is uh, we talk a lot about what, what we consider ourselves to be trying to do... Mm. Or to be doing is 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 making help seeking behaviour a little more mm. accessible, a little easier. Yeah. Trying to bring down those initial barriers to people sort of being able to talk about this stuff, you know. So it's like yeah, you don't need to be you don't you need know, to be climbing Mount Everest. Yeah. You just need to be able to go out and just buy But also you've got to be open to it. Like mm. you, you you can't you know, the whole horse to water, yeah. make it drink. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, and you can't ram this shit down people's throats and that's definitely not what we, we're no, no, about. Fuck no, 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 no. And, we, and I wouldn't do it in therapy either. Yeah. Like it, if you come to me and say, I'm not going to do that, um, well, you know, I can't make you do it. But they've come to you. Yeah. They, they have, have done that when, much. When they walk through that's my, a big step. Yeah. When they walk through my door, I'm, you know, now it's like that fish 
Now I've just got to keep them on that line and reel them in. And once I get them in, and it comes back to me Tighten too. Tighten up that drag, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all right fishing, right? I do actually, you know, like Tighten fishing. that up. <laughs> but if, if I said to you, progressive muscle relaxation, I want you to do it, and I've never done it before, how confident are you in me? Well, I've got, what choice have I got? If I'm open to doing it, yeah. then it's just, you've got to, you know, you've just yeah. got to be vulnerable and just say, right, I'm going to give this a crack. But if I go to you, oh, yeah, I do this every night and, you know, I'll show you it right now and I start doing it. Because I don't, I never let my client meditate in the room and me just sit there going, what, <laughs> some kind of creep. Watching, him. Close your eyes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're twitching too much. Yeah. Yeah. I'm meditating with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not in a deep meditation or yeah, anything yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. I'm yeah. still present. But I'm – like if I want to teach someone diaphragmatic breathing, I get up in my, my – all my clients will agree with me. I'll get up and lay down on the floor. I've got these um, origami boats that one of the other blokes made for me because I don't do origami either. Um, Neither. I'm, I'm pretty limited. Um, <laughs> I can't even fold a paper fucking aeroplane. No, he made these massive little <laughs> – like these really cool little boats that are like intricate and everything. Like yeah, I was man. like, how did you do that? Anyway, I put them on my belly. Right, and I'll get down on the ground and go, you know, what's a stormy sea look like when I'm breathing rapidly? Everyone on the boat's sick. You know, what's a calm, diaphragmatic breath look like? Oh, everyone's just riding the waves, you know? And so I'll do demonstrations, and most psychs will do that. There's not a skill in my book that I use that I haven't tried on myself. You know, when you go and do this um, particular trauma-based therapy that we get trained in, we actually um, will target one of our own traumas. Because there's no one in this world that doesn't have trauma, mm. like unless you've been oh, yeah. in a bubble, and then that becomes your trauma anyway. But, but you're talking, right, the basic, sorry, do you want to... Well, I'm just saying leading by example. Yeah, exactly. and that's what we're fucking trying to do right But here. also you're talking tool in a toolbox. Tool yeah. in a big toolbox yep. of many tools, mm. and as tradies, you know, FIFO, yep. rural and remote, working, Plenty of whatever, toolboxes. There's also plenty of different tools that we use yeah, to yeah. get jobs done. And it, without the right tool, Whoa. you can really struggle through, you know, yeah. certain jobs. And fuck me, they make life easy when you get the right one. Yeah. And that's what I give clients is, you know, we don't have one or two tools. You know, the one I showed you earlier, the drop, uh, the five um, five things you can see, for, you know, yeah, four, yeah. three, two, one. Yeah. That's just one. Yeah. Like I have a whole – like dropping anchor, for example, I can't really demonstrate it right now, but um, – that skill in itself, I give to every client because I haven't had a client turn around to me yet, touching wood, and say it doesn't work. So I've got one skill that every client gets. But then I adapt because I might be like, well, you know, I've got a young guy and he doesn't really want to sit in lotus position meditating. But he's happy to practice mindfulness when he's in the gym. So he gets rid of his earphones. He only just focuses on the training. But I, th- I think that's another important thing too. Like... Um <coughs> I was saying to my wife, actually driving to work this morning, I was like, I'm surprised because there's so many people exercising now, which is fucking great. great. Which is so it good. It looks good, doesn't it's it? It's unreal. They're all running. Yeah, no. Jesus. It's like the Truman Show. Right? Yeah. It's like a real world thing happening. Mm. And um, I said, but everyone's got earphones in. Yeah, they're not mindful. Yeah, I was like, fuck. I was like, because I, when I, oh, I mean, I can't remember the last time. Oh, that's right. When I was quitting smoking, mm. I was started playing AFL for Morningside. I was like, I'm going to fucking get fit. I'm going to quit smoking mm. and I'm going to run. And, and um, I didn't think he'd do it. He I did, did it. it. And we were working on the tools together. Like, he's what okay. position are you playing? Mate, I was playing. Um, I was playing a bit of wing. I was left playing right out. Left right out. <laughs> Mate, I was playing in the pocket, forward pocket. It was fucking great. Good, I loved it. Yeah, it was so much fun. You um, can put like, like a whip at this bloke. You put him anywhere. Yeah, just Friday, keep running. Friday, just keep on running. Friday night, dumb third grade. It's the best. Yeah, that yeah. was awesome. Pies. 
You still get the pies, the hot pies? <laughs> Mate, I can't. I'm gluten-free. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I couldn't even have the beers after the game. Oh. No, nah, it was great. Yeah. But um, I was like, since I've, I've got back into my routine, uh, since the gym shut, I've been going for runs and um, I haven't been taking my phone. I haven't been had anything to listen to. And I've just really enjoyed that well, cathartic, again, yeah. experience of just being able to be free and with my thoughts. Mm. And it's fucking great. And, and your breath would be better. Yeah, and I come yeah. back and then I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I, my whole thing is as soon as I leave the gate, I don't stop until I get back mm. and hit the gate. I'm like, that's my thing. And yeah, then yeah. when I get back, then I'll, I'll get on my phone and figure it out because I always try and do a different route. Okay, yeah. Because I'm like an adventure. If I go on an adventure, it doesn't seem like as much of a struggle because if I've been on it before, I know how long it is. Yeah, yeah. So I'll just go on an adventure. Yep. Through Belimba or Hawthorne and stuff, and I come back and I'm like, fuck, I really want to know how far I've run. Mm. And, you know, on average, it's about eight to nine Ks. And I'm like, this is fucking awesome. And not once in that, you know, 45 minutes, half an hour, was I interrupted with anything. It was just me doing your thing. Yeah, yeah but it's been really awesome. It's I, you know, I was talking about this with, uh, well, our work group chat today. I asked, I do a lot of writing for yeah. Trade Month, and I was thinking about doing a piece on, you know, coping with isolation, what people are doing, you know, different activities Mm. to deal with the isolation. And, man, like, even myself personally, the things that people are doing at the moment, it's almost like going back in time. Yeah. Like, I'm sitting at (laughs) home... Like you've seen, like I've been yeah. at, on my back deck painting with my housemates <laughs> and, my, and, my, and my missus. And not to blow smoke up the proverbial ass, but it's actually pretty good. I've painting. never done it before, but we're, we're, we're like we're eating, good, we're, everyone's cooking together. Oh. We're doing um, like Iris. She's doing one, you know, one of our staff members. She's doing a twenty-week challenge where That's right, over yeah. Zoom they're yeah. doing a different cuisine every night, or Jesus. you know, spoon carving. Well, you can't. Awesome. Or, Social oh, isolation allowed to come around. You and can't come in, nah. but all sorts of different things, you know. Sent through that article about you know there's in Melbourne in Brunswick there's a cellist who you know is a is a is a world renowned cellist and a performer and she and instead of travelling the world and performing at the moment every Friday afternoon she goes out you know on the on the street and she's playing oh, the no cello way. and yeah, neighbours are coming yeah. out and just like everyone's watching, watching social it. distancing people are pulling up cars oh, and everyone's love just, it and next door neighbours down and next door neighbour Tomo's in a band you fucking had him around last Saturday. They're all dressed in tuxes and they're out in the backyard and the fucking they're all drumming. He's singing. It was awesome. That's fucking great. I like it. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think it's a bit of a connection and a change in the way that we've been living. It Huge is. way, and yeah. especially with social media. And I was, I've said this to Dan uh, in the last well three four weeks. There's been a massive shift in what social media is, mm. I think. It's been flipped on its head. Before, it was really fake. This is what I've got. This is yep. what I'm doing. Fuck, I'm awesome. I've got now, a boat or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's been flipped on its head and it's, hey, I'm at home. I'm on a group chat with a heap of girls that I haven't seen or yeah. blokes. Yeah. And I'm, you know, <laughs> or I, fuck jar sauce. Yeah, yeah, fuck jar sauce. <laughs> that's what I reckon. That but bloke's loose. Yeah, awesome. yeah, mate, we're getting him on awesome. the podcast. He's we're getting him on. We're no, he's on. not. Yeah, yeah, in October. That's, oh, that's a sneak peek. Yeah. Can you get him on my Insta? <laughs> He's out of control. I love him. But the thing with the <laughs> – like, awesome. I've seen um, so many Instagram stories of yeah. groups of girls, right, that would never put themselves out there of being in their pyjamas and mm. not having makeup on and fucking being at home. Yeah, yeah. But all of a sudden they're all in it together and they're communicating. And that's just really changed the landscape of no, how people are communicating. No one – Sort of gives a cares. fuck. I know. Yeah, yeah. Shit. And it's no, good. I care I like because it. it's 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 where it should be. No, I don't mean you care. I mean no one cares what anyone else is doing no, like that. No, no, it's no, so no. good. It's like it's empowering. And that's what I when going back to what I was saying before about silver linings coming out of this thing. 
we've seen a you know a total shift in behavior. Oh, definitely. And it's not for the for the worst. Like there's no. there is some weird stuff. Like when you go down to the shops and you got to do that weird hop, skip, and a jump <laughs> past the person in the freezer aisle because yeah. you oh. don't want to go. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't you? <laughs> don't break them on neck. Meanwhile, you're rubbing shoulders with the shelf packer, like, mm. and you're like, oh fuck. Well, you know, you don't even. You've got it too. <laughs> it's it's there is that weirdness, and mm. we can still treat people like humans. Like yeah. we, we can still. Have the other weirdness I find too is when you know the government says don't go to people's houses, and then they have like a house party. I would get a bit confused. I'm about not that. down. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not down with the fucking with the self the self isolation and the yeah. so, like. I think the reason why Australia is doing pretty well now is because people, for the most part, have obeyed. You know, yeah. the, 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 the directives. Yeah, it was the eighty percent. There's what always wanted. There's and it's always, worked. There's yeah, always yeah. going to be the you know the outliers and you know yeah. I suppose you know we're a metre and a half part here, so we're good, right? Yeah, we're, so we're, yeah, so yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. good. I've been in isolation for like five weeks, so I'm yeah. real good. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. It's a yeah. It's a weird time. I don't hate it. I think it's gonna. No. I think it's gonna help a lot of people mm. be more vulnerable. I think it is helping more people be more vulnerable. Yeah. Because a lot of people are in shitty situations, and it's fucking about time we all start talking about our <laughs> shitty situations yeah. together. Exactly. If one thing can come out of it, it would be that more people it doesn't have to be everyone, but more people open up to each other mm. and actually be a bit more real. Mm. You know, not hide behind materialistic items that some people use to define um, success. Su- yeah. yes. Glor- yes. Glorify the shitty situation. You know, I've got this car, so therefore I'm successful, yet I sit in my house loathing myself every night. Um, and so therefore I better buy something else to put it on Instagram but, to but make I think, myself feel I think good again. people have finally had a chance to stop. Yeah. Like fucking finally, yeah. there's the, you've got you've got to stop mm. and just fucking sit there and think about it. You know what I mean? You've been put in the naughty corner. Everyone's been put in the naughty corner, and they're yeah. gonna sit there and think about it. I had the weirdest thought, like like this. It's not oh, that this weird. will be good. No, no, but oh, like driving. Ben, this will be a clip. Driving home last <laughs> night, I was um, driving from work back home and went past BP that I always drive past, mm. and petrol was ninety four point six. Oh, how good is it? Was it? Well, I haven't filled up yet, but ninety four point six. The last time fuel was ninety four point six. From my memory, was pre two thousand. No, right. no, two thousand. It was. Um, I used to be able to fill up my Ford Laser. I'm in Sydney. I'm talking oh, Sydney. Okay. I mean, so I don't know. Gold Coast. It was sixty five cents in two thousand. Yeah, fuck. I me. used to get from because um, I lived on Rabina to Griffith, Griffith, yeah, Griffith Uni to do yeah, my yeah. bachelor degree. Yeah, I used to spend twenty bucks to fill up the Laser. Remember those old Ford Lasers? Mate, Mum used to drive one. <laughs> Spectacular! Yeah. Why don't they make them anymore? One time, Mum's Ford laser got stole. Uh, someone tried to break into it, and they stole the steering wheel. Oh. <laughs> they couldn't steal the car, and so the mechanic had to come and drive it home with span it like drive it. <laughs> anyway, but you could easily do it, right? Yeah, because well. you know, and, and <laughs> for me, phenomenal car. Yeah. yeah, but twenty bucks, and then I filled up the car tonight. Uh, Ninety cents. A litre. Insane. Ninety cents. Well, a I litre. had the thought. I thought oh. I saw the fuel price last time when I was driving home, and I thought, bugger me! It just took me. Straight back, I can mm. remember the service station in Burwood in Sydney. Mm. I always, used, mum used to work nights, she still does. I'd fill the car up, I'd go in and pay for it. Mm. And the Lebanese, um, you know, our service station attendant in Burwood, he'd Playing always say, he'd always go, I oh, just, it was a weirdest flashback. He'd go, How's your mum? He'd go, Good. And he'd go, How's your mum? Good. How's your mum? Good. How's your mum? Good. How's your bum? And I'd be, oh, Good. And he goes, oh. I said, How's your bum? Sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> and, I just, and I just had the weirdest flashback to that time in my life where. <laughs> It took yeah. He just he'd do it real quick, and I'd good, 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 good. Fuck, you got me, yeah. you bastard. Yeah, every time. Too, oh, right? mate. <laughs> well, after I cottoned onto it, 
it, it didn't, but it just yeah. that seeing that fuel price took me back to that time in my life, and I just thought, fuck, yeah, that's a mind, nice memory. Like, your yeah. mind is, yeah, yeah. So we're less um, consumed at the moment, aren't we? Yeah, less definitely. consumed. Like we're not going to we're seeing buy more. things, aren't we? We're seeing more. Yeah. We're, we're just sort of, yeah, in sort of more in the moment rather than because before we had fuck Monday come around, and then Monday, like, what'd you get up to on the weekend? You're like, oh, I had all this stuff going on. Tuesday, you're like, fuck, what am I getting up to this weekend? You had to yeah. plan for the week, and you had to get all your shit done. Then you go to the weekend, and it was just this repetitive cycle, and you were just fucking chasing. Weekend to weekend to week, and it was just now it's sort of like, man, oh, there's fucking nothing it's going nice on. So it's just it, yeah. you just chill out. What about just sitting on the couch and doing nothing for a couple of hours? Well, and I'm not feeling guilty about it. I'm thinking, what am I painting this weekend? Don't know yet. I walk from our house, take our dog for a walk with my wife, and go down and get the paper from a news agent that we didn't even know was there until I realized it was on my run there a few weeks ago. I was like, there's a fucking news agent not far from here. We should go down and get the paper. And it's fan- like, what do you mean, like hard copy? Yeah, like you know. You can what, touch what, it. What one yeah. have they got? Well, they've got a couple of them. Do they? Yeah. Like they different. Oh, the Courier yes. Mail oh. sucks. No, I don't buy that. Sydney Morning Herald. The Courier Mail was the. We used to do the Courier Mail test in the police. Is your actions going to end up on the front page of the Courier Mail? He's <laughs> a Courier so Mail. Don't, snot so it. don't do it. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, that's. I suppose that's not a bad way to frame it. We haven't talked anything about. This has been a great yarn. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> been a great. Yarn. Thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been yeah. quite. Uh, I can't even think. I Robust. I don't Robert, know where I pulled that Robert. word from. <laughs> no, it's had it's had a it's had a lot yeah. of um, yeah, chatting about like the, this psych side is something we haven't really had on the podcast before, so it's been good to have that sort of insight. Well, we, we are we've always been a little bit hermity, you know, like we won't necessarily put ourselves out there and talk about psychology. And we were yeah, we were talking we've been talking about this, about this recently because with like our charities just this week, uh, yesterday. yesterday was the first um, service we've been able to provide with our charity, with mm. a psychologist, um, to someone that's needed it. And um, we're just like, fuck, why aren't psychs putting themselves out there and talking about this shit, you know, in, in a because it's at times social media, you can, you can really pump this Because there's lots out. of good psychs out there. Like the psych community, there's, you know, lots of psychologists out there, um, hopefully some are listening right now, that are doing really good work. You know, like they're... That the great thing about psychologists is they measure. They don't just go, oh, you come in and just, yeah, have a chat and then they go. They measure change all the time. We're constantly looking for change because if you're going to, you know, because some people fork out money to see a psychologist, don't they? Like, oh, shit, yeah. You know, there's a gap or, you know, um, a lot of minds all bulk build and things like that. But, you know, you may go to pay to see a psychologist and that could be a lot of money for you. And then you want to know if you're getting something. And so the psychologists have been great at measuring that and we know that they're succeeding. Like mm. You just look at the data that gets produced by Medicare and those things because you have to call, record data for those, for those um, funding models and things like that and it clearly shows change. You know, I, I, it's refreshing when a client comes in to see me and will go, you know, I saw a psychologist five years ago or whatever for PTSD and... I was so helpful um, and I use a lot of the things, but things have just gone downhill a bit and I need a bit of a top-up or a bit of support for now. Yeah. And you go, well, all the groundwork was done by that psychologist already and they really helped you um, and I'm just going to come in off the, you know, off, off the, the back of that and just support yeah. it a bit more. And mm. I think, unfortunately, psychologists haven't always been good at promoting the good work they actually do. Yeah, yeah. and that's what we spoke about. This is uh, it's a conversation why? we've had with 
I've had this conversation with a couple of psychologists, psychologists, <laughs> and it's um, you're not if if someone has a good experience with yeah. you, there's no if they want to leave you, you know, a positive review. Can't. It's not really yeah. a dumb thing. No, you can't. Like I couldn't get a website going. I couldn't do fit as dad and you know as my website and say oh. Um, you know, client B, yeah. leave me a good review. Mm. It's just, it's it's part of the ethical guidelines that we have, and 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 it's and I understand why because that could be seen as you know I'm then self promoting. Yeah, but I think are you allowed that, yeah. to are you allowed to promote yourself as as someone who uh, in as a psychologist or I um, specialise with PTSD. Yeah, so I would say that. So my area of interest with PTSD, but I wouldn't say I'm the leading psychologist in PTSD. No, but you might be allowed to say, oh, I, I specialise in PTSD, oh, and I also like the Brisbane Broncos. And then maybe someone who came across you was like, oh, shit, I like the yeah. Broncos. Maybe I could talk to this a bloke about of, footy. Yeah, a little bit of normalisation yeah. I think is fine. And hence the reason I put on my profile that I am ex-police because yeah. I think it's important yeah. because it's easy to find out that I'm ex-police. Mm. Um, so I think it's important to be open and honest and I don't do that for the sake of saying, oh, he's an ex-cop, he'll understand me or... You know, rah, rah. No, it definitely, it, but it certainly does put you in a category. I yeah. think, like, it, and, and people, that and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. It's no. just, it's and just I want to help that specific cohort, yeah, like yeah, military and police for but sure. It's, it's a you've got to have a very, um, you've got to be mindful of what you're saying in terms of the self promotion. Um, so rather than that, what we need to do is promote ourselves as a cohort. So coming forward and saying, you know... Bringing everyone up together. You know, there's a whole group of psychologists out there that I know that are working on the Gold Coast and in Brisbane that are really doing good jobs for a lot of our vulnerable members of the community. And I can statistically prove that. Mm. That's how we need to promote ourselves because I think um, some... The APRA, which who is our this the kind of the body that regulates all allied health doctors, all that stuff, are doing that now, you know, because... If you look at the the stats that are available, anyone can get them. It shows that when you go and see a psychologist between the you know the um, ten sessions of Medicare that people get per year, there's an improvement in depression, anxiety, and stress after from seeing the psychologist to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's recorded, and we've shown that year after year, and we get better each year. Like I know that I'm better now than I was last year. Course, uh, yeah. Although COVID's made that a bit more the spanner in the world. New challenge, yep. yeah. But you know, I know that when my client comes to me, I have the capacity and ability to give them skills and tools that will help them if they want it to. Obviously, it's got to, you know the client's got to come to the party a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we just it's that kind of minefield around how do I promote myself without you know un- being unethical. Yeah, or, for sure. Um, for sure. Yeah. No, that's good. I mean, I think it's I think it's probably reassuring to hear that there is a a, a standard or a code of ethics that yep. you know a profession does adhere to because it yeah. certainly gives it a, a little bit more structure and a little bit more um, trust. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, and it's that's not a self promotion. Remember, at the start, I said the biggest thing for me is the client trusts me and yeah. feels safe in my environment. Yeah, and there's that transparency that they know what I'm going to do. So there's that's therapy in its sense in itself. Oh, I've, I've got no relationships in my life that are positive except for the relationship with my therapist who I can trust and who's helping me. Oh, it's a start. Transparency yes. is one of our key mm. the pillars of our business for yeah. both Trademark and for TX, our charity. It's, yeah. it's yeah, it's... It's key, right? It's key to us. It's Not key hiding. to us as people. It's key to the way we operate and it's key to building rapport and trust with anyone who we come yeah. across. Yep. And that to us is... 
the single biggest thing. It's that you know you lose that and you've got nothing, do you? Yeah, you know you've got Foundation no respect. No, yeah. you've got no credentials. Yeah, you know I could have all the degrees in the world sitting up here, but you don't trust me. Yep, yeah, anything does it, mate. I'd love to just before we sort of wrap it up here, maybe a little bit about what you're doing with Mates for Mates. Oh, I can, yeah. Um, mates for Mates is a, um, so we're a charity, yep. um, charitable organisation. So we work with um, current and ex-serving members of the ADS, so the Navy, um, Army and Air Force. Uh, we have been around, I don't want to get this wrong because then um, marketing will kick my butt. Um, a while, a while. Let's go like a few <laughs> years. Um, like I know it's more than five, but it's less than ten. Yeah, cool. Is cool. that cool? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. cool, cool. Yeah, right. Uh, so it's somewhere in that. Yeah, yeah. Right. that's not that long. No, not not that as long, long as what I would have thought. No, and um, we came about from um, there. And there was a deficit in the community for veterans around that transition. So the transition from the ADF into community back into civilian life. So we're that kind of um, we fill that gap there, um, and we have a number of services that we offer. Obviously, psychs. Um, you know, I think if you look across the country at all the um, veteran organisations, um, some veterans have found it challenging um, because they want to shoot the shit without clinical governance around it doesn't work. Um, I've told people this over and over again. Talking about your traumas doesn't resolve your traumas. It's just life. You've got to actually work with someone who knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but we, we're probably the only service that offers real clinical support out of all of them. You know, we've got psychologists. We've got clinical psychologists. We've got exercise physiologists. So you can come along and work on injuries, fitness, health, well-being. We have social connection, um, which you guys would know how important social connection is. I can't, you know, like... Paramount. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're doing everything online at the moment. So like all our yoga, our coffee catch-ups, all that stuff's online. Yeah. It's all face live Facebook. Yeah. Um, and as I said to you guys earlier, we do those rehab adventure programs. So we've done things like Kokoda. Um, they went to, where'd they go last year? Snowy Mountains. They do Snowy Mountain Horse Trek. There's a whole range of those that we do yeah, cool. um, for veterans. Um, we work with families as well. Uh, we linked in with the RSL, so okay. heavily supported by the RSL, which is, you know, amazing because that gives us that, you know, that... Um, you know, big organisation support and enables us to do the, the jobs that we do. Um, and, yeah, we've got great outcomes. Um, you know, I work with a number of veterans that constantly tell me how much they appreciate our organisation. Um, you always get complaints. That's normal. That's life. Yes. Nothing's um, ever going to be perfect. It's the 80-20 model, right? Yeah, yeah. Just yep. keep running with 80-20. That's, yep. you know, you're always working with 20% that will be not happy regardless of what you do. Awesome. Doesn't matter. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, we've been we've been doing quite well um, with the COVID. We've adapted. Um, so I'm still seeing all my clients via Skype. And and if anyone's interested, just jump on um, Mates for Mates the webpage. Um, uh, if you are a veteran, um, then um, you'll more than likely be eligible because we, we we target those veterans that have some form of injury, illness um, as a result of service which is all of them, because <laughs> they jump out of stuff and hit stuff and carry large packs on their back and roll and get shot at. And all have scars, some visible, some invisible. Exactly. Yep. You know, PTSD, all that stuff. So pretty much I, I've maybe had one or two that haven't been eligible in my, my time while I've been there. Um, so, yeah, that's who I've been working for for almost over two and a half years now. Awesome. Yeah, great, cool. great time. And I, th the thing is, you, you know when you work for an organisation, they're actually really supportive. Yep. Yeah, and, and you actually want to go to work. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we're trying to do. I, don't, I can't imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, th we have this conversation once a week. Jeez, it sucks to go to work. We just 
fucking love what we do. <laughs> That's exactly we right. It's so good. It. Yeah. You want to you want to be um, motivated to be at work because we spend a large proportion of our lives at work and yeah. you want to feel as if you're part of something. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that's why the work's so valuable, right? For sure. You know, how do you treat depression well? well get them working. The moment you get someone working and get them valued and be a member of a team again. Feel con- like they're contributing. Yeah. Yep. Depression's not going to go away, yep. but the symptoms are no longer severe. For sure. Love it, mate. I really, yeah, really appreciate your time. Any time, an awesome chat. Yeah. It was um, we yeah, didn't it was even great. Our pre-chat was, oh, well, you know, we should talk a bit about, you know, this Queensland and Police Service. You didn't even touch services. on my traumas, did you? None no, of it. We didn't touch on any of None it. None of it. I didn't, didn't even tell you about me, you know, being like, um, who's a really cool cop? Like um, Roger Rogerson. <laughs> No, who said Danny Glover? No, no, Danny no, no, Glover. not Danny Glover. No, Die Hard. Oh, you Bruce, even, uh, you, John McClane. You didn't even talk about my Bruce um, Willis Roger experience. Rogers. <laughs> Isn't he that dude that was really yeah, dodgy yeah, on yeah, the underbelly? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Jesus. He was. He also, who the fuck's mm. going to call their kid that? You know? <laughs> you know I didn't even, he was doomed from the start. <laughs> I never even got a chance to tell you about the night I ran this kid down, you know? Oh, God. So disappointing. Nah, it's Next time, ne- there's, there's plenty more episodes to come. Yeah, we're not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. Oh, I'm always happy to come on. Mate, awesome, really appreciate mate. it, Chris. Thanks, that was awesome. Uh, yeah, thanks so much for your time, Chris. No um, if anyone wants to reach out to you, know more about what you do, yep. fit as dad on Instagram. Yeah, it's easy to find. Just look for a guy doing human flags <laughs> or holding a cute puppy. Yeah, the, pup- Done, mate. the puppy's the key, right? Done. Dog. <laughs> All right, mate. Thanks so much. Cheers. You're good on you, mate. If you're a fan of Trademutt's One Twenty Grit podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Send us a message on Facebook or Instagram or shoot us an email at admin at trademark.com.